Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm K-Muse. I'm Carrie the Mockne. And I'm Drama Geek. So we wanted to take a few minutes at the beginning of the podcast to just talk about um, the fact that we speak about our love for Asian dramas, and we wanted our audience to know that beyond watching shows, we support and love the community, specifically Asian Americans who have been receiving more and more hate in recent months. And normally we try to, with our daily lives, supporting content and, and representation and um, just personal lives, but sometimes you have to do more. And I feel like right now, um, we all feel like right now is definitely that time where you can't stay silent against hate and violence. And so we, I, we were looking for places where we can donate. And one of the places there's a article in the strategist, and we'll put the link in our show notes that has 60 different outreach programs that help the community or help legislation to try to change things, to help small businesses that have been hit really hard during the pandemic. And so we're putting the link in our show notes and we know that we reach beyond um, America and we know that the hate reaches beyond America. But no matter where you are, we would love for you to join us in supporting the community. Today, we are going to be chatting about Sisyphus, episode 7 through 11. So we're back to our podcasts, and it feels like it's been forever since we did one. I know it's just the way it has settled out, but I'm excited to get back and talk about this. So lots of things to chat about. Are we excited to chat I about am. Someone's <laughs> <far. laughs> I have thoughts. I have thoughts that need to be said. You have lots of I have lots of thoughts, yes. So we left off last time with our leading lady saving our frazzled genius once again. And that was so she he had his memory, like he was being, they were messing with him and making him believe none of it happened. And then she helped him escape and met on the bridge. And then, but now at the beginning of this episode, we get to see it from her perspective. And I really enjoyed that, that we got to see. He looks even more of like a bumbling (laughs) idiot from her perspective. So I really enjoyed that part, but, and then how do we feel about the OTP reuniting? I, I, I'm trying to remember how long they were kept apart for that. It was like a it feels week like I watched something. that part a long time ago. Because if you okay. see it in her flashback, it was more time than with his. Because he was right, drugged she a gets lot. Shot. Yeah. yeah, she gets shot in her leg and then she gets taken back and wakes up at his house that he bought with his lottery money. Because, <laughs> you know... Closing on houses happens super fast, but with enough money, <laughs> he's got a house and a car. And I guess, I guess that's the least of the non-logical things anyway. So that's, I really enjoyed watching it from her perspective. I liked it from that, you know, you could see it from the top and she was just like, bam, bam, bam. I'm getting all of these guys and I'm going to save him. And he just kind of running around and, and the show works better when they're together. Um, although I felt that the the apart time wasn't bad either, but I just like when they're together. So, and I'm glad they actually took the time to show it from her side because you know you see from his side you see the coffee mug suddenly appear and then just crashing and then that picture shows up, and so to to see her go through the process of having to contact the guys at Asia Mart again and that whole uneasy truce, and then 
getting the, yeah. getting the coffee mug, you know, actually thinking of the solution and then writing on the back of their wedding picture, you know, I don't really want to get married either. Because, you know, it's easy for me because I want our OTP. I love our OTP together. They're just, they're so comfortable and they have an easy chemistry. And like, like wedding is always fun in game for me. And so I've been hanging my hopes. Like, you know, whenever they go through something, I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. They've got that wedding picture. Of course, this is time travel. And apparently it can change things now. And so I can't hang my hopes on that. But just to have her use that as a touch point to reconnect with him. And he knew it was really her. I just, I appreciated that. It just, it fit with their relationship. I also enjoyed it. And I have to admit that the Asia Mark characters are kind of growing on me. Out of all of the like the side characters, I find them maybe the most dynamic mm-hmm. in comparison to all the other bad guys because there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a whole bunch. But I love how just almost you kind of know where these people are coming from. And I just love the actor that plays the main Asia Mart hired thug guy. Oh, the Ripley yeah, oh, yeah. dad. Yeah, he's that. He's such a bad character when he's a bad guy. He does it yeah. really well. So, mm-hmm. And he's still very yeah. dynamic. And you can see that he's kind of ruthless. And he does that well. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other characters that are the bad guys, I, you just don't get that ruthlessness as much from them, I guess is a way of putting it. So I'm really enjoying them. I, f- uh, I feel like either the director or the writer really likes the whole matrix uh, concept of like all the like multitudes of people coming in. Cause it's like, how many of these guys are always that? I think that's what draws away from the bad guys, like formability or like how powerful they're supposed to be. Because there's always just like the, there's uh, tons of guys in with guns and black suits coming out of nowhere. And they're all just like, there and so it just kind of and they're all indistinguishable you're not like i can't even tell most of the time which one's supposed to be the time traveling one that came back the crazy sniper oh yeah i coun't Uh, pick him out of a lineup of those guys yeah he's usually the one that looks really uh, emotional and mad and pissed. Yeah, and completely just like everyone else except for the extra pissed off look you know yeah, <laughs> but even then, they have to focus in on him. Like when it's just all of them running together. Nope, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's a choice. It is a. Cho- I mean, they are choosing to make it like that. Like they have them very uniform, very like. Again, I think that they really like the whole Matrix thing concept. Which you know, maybe they don't, but that just that's feel the feeling I like get. That. Like that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I especially liked how she she's really smart. Sometimes you forget how smart she is because you have um, the guy who's like a literal genius. But she's so smart and she really knows how to play these guys to get her way. And I really appreciated Mm -hmm. that. And then I enjoyed her going and saving him yet again. This is probably my favorite save so far. The directing was really well done as she's going down and shooting all the bad guys while he's running away and oblivious. Mm-hmm. Especially after she answers yeah. the phone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of fun. You know, she definitely looked very confident with the gun for once, right, in that scene. Mm-hmm. It was much more believable than some of the other shooting scenes that we've seen. And so. 
And she had rubber bullets, right? So she wasn't killing these people. She was just yeah. knocking them out. No. So I kind of, yeah. I actually appreciated that touch because they didn't have to put it in, but they did. And I, I appreciate that she wasn't just piling up dead bodies. I don't know. Being the ruthless one out of the group, <laughs> I'm not kind of dead bodies. So, well, that's the the way that they just keep coming back. She just you know, they think, she shoots them with rubber bullets, and then they come back again. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So we have Lottery Boy, also known as uh, Son. He almost left the country, but instead sends his family away, and he chooses to stay and help. So hey. So does he add anything to the narrative? And I think he totally does. He's our second lead white knight is how he feels to me because he's always charging to the rescue and it's good that she helped him win the lottery because he is very happy to help her with the money that he's won. And he's, I don't know, I like him. Like, I know he's the second lead and that's how they're playing it, but he also is just valuable. He's starting to bond with Taesul a little bit in later episodes. And I think, I think this is working personally. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but he definitely feels more like a plot device than an actual character that is connected with our leads. Because, I mean, yeah, he has some fun one-liners with Taesul, but when it comes down to it, he's just used as someone who can help them because they can't do everything with just two people. And so I, I wish I felt he was more grounded and... I really cared, but I don't. So. <laughs> I wish he, I felt like he had a big enough reason to stay. Like I, if you are told that this stuff is going to happen and you've seen the things that he's seen, then you kind of believe what's going to happen. And why would you stay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see why he would stay and like send his mom and his sister off. But I mean, yeah, she's pretty and all, but <laughs> well, there's also, <laughs> and I mean, I get, there's also the fact that um, I don't love guardians of the galaxy, the movie, but there's the one line Chris Pratt says when somebody's like, why would you do this? Why would you save the galaxy? And he's cause I'm one of the idiots living in it. So to me, yeah. that's to me, that makes a good explanation for why son stays around. Yeah, but it feels more like we're supposed to believe he has insta-love than rather than he's really wanting to save people. I don't know. I disagree. I just don't okay. buy it. <laughs> so I think we need to put a pin in the fact that you don't like Guardians of the Galaxy and discuss this later. <laughs> I do like Guardians of the Galaxy. I no, that's me. No, no, like no. Sister. Carrie just said she didn't like Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. She did? So right. again... We need to put a pin in that. Chris Pratt is discuss, delightful discuss in that. He is. To a point. But anyway. No, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not the focus of what we're talking about. Just saying. Traumatized. <clears throat> so it, I think that speaks to the type of humor, mm -hmm. maybe. So, but we can analyze that later. Uh, so, yeah. I, I Again, I know what purpose he serves. You have an... You have a younger actor who gave us ab scenes. Like he is definitely, if Layla was still watching, she would point that out that he is the provider of the abs. So, you know, Did we that's have abs what we get. that first scene though? Or was no. that the only abs? That's uh, that, when she that had is, him I give her know if his clothes. Flashed abs again. That's how much I don't care. <laughs> 
he had a nice car and he came to save her. Yes, so now he's yes. flashing he his money. He is the second lead. I did like his hair change color. His money. Like yeah. his hair color change. <laughs> I will give him that. So we get a lot of flashbacks in these episodes of Sehei's life. And this kind of includes the actual moments before the atomic bomb explodes, which is relatively close from where they are right now. Like they are not far off away from the bomb exploding, mm-hmm. it seems. It's like a month. Yeah. It's a month because they're like September 30th, present yeah. day, and it's October 31st. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy that we are that close to the bomb exploding. And we also see her in the future, but the past her, find her dead mm-hmm. body with, I'm assuming, uh, Taesul's dead body. She finds some skeletons and then a journal with her handwriting in it. And this is why she decides to go off on this adventure. You know, which is kind of just all kinds of crazy in itself. And so how are we feeling that nothing seems to change? And this is one nonstop continuous loop. And it seems like you cannot change the future because so far it seems like it's all cause and effect. And that the same thing just happens over and over and over again. I don't think anyone's actually changing anything at this point. How do we feel about that? I think you can tell from my tone (laughs) how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you don't even need anything aside from your intro because we know. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Time travel dramas are always one of those things or shows or movies or anything is like it, it for her to go back in time. She had to always find the journal that she wrote to herself from when she went back in time. (laughs) So I don't like when, how does it start? How does the loop start? And yes, we're obviously in a loop if she's finding a journal. So it's happened before. And so I, I I don't know how they're going to get themselves out of it. Or if they will. Because of how they've set it up. Because they, because they, how they said it, it doesn't seem like things have changed. Now, I know that um, the Mockney has watched 12 and 13 and we have not, um, we watched through 11. I don't know if we said that this is six through 11. We decided to cut it off at 11 because of the narrative point where they were at 12 and 13, I think go toward the push toward the end a little bit more. But so I don't know if they're going to start showing that things change or that there is some kind of ripple in that. But most of the time when I, find a time travel drama compelling is when it doesn't seem futile that it's just this constant like circle where that no matter what they do it just is going to be the way that it is all the time um so i don't know like at that's at this point in time in the drama it does feel like we are in a continuous loop and that the point of the drama will be that they got to meet each other before they died I don't know. Like, we'll have to see. I think that's going to be one that we need to come back to at the end and say if we felt like it was a continuous loop and, and the purpose. I enjoyed watching her in the future finding. I actually really like when it's her and her mm-hmm. dad. And I almost feel like if anybody has ever watched Circle, they did a format where it was 12 episodes. So it was a tighter narrative. And it was this first half of the drama was in the past. And then the second half was in the future. I don't know if it would work with this one, but I feel like that type of spending time in the future in the past possibly could work really well with, with this story. 
I do think that shorter, the, the, the shorter drama for sci-fi for K-dramas tends to work, um, a little bit better. So it would be interesting to see what, what that could have been, but of course it's, we'll never know, but. (laughs) Okay. I have a quick question because I did review Mm -hmm. a little bit before the podcast, but I can't remember. Have they broken, has, no, have the Asian Mart people been taken by the control bureau at this point? Yes. Have yes, they broken yeah, back out? Yeah, they were out? taken by the control. Yes. Yes. Okay. And. But it's still the same. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's still the same. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm trying to think because I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not arguing with you. Oh, okay. Just, because yeah. I have more knowledge, but I'm not trying to spoil anything. Let's just say that the loop ends. And. So they've broken back out and then they realize that sh- because she's been given that third shot, she's got two days yeah, okay, to live so or whatever. Died. And he goes and gets his, his, her parents. At first I was like, was she the person that developed like her mom? <laughs> right. Why I are they that going too. to visit the parents? Oh, we need to go and get dad involved again. Or whatever. Right. It was like this weird. So yeah, I went, got the dad, brought them back to the Asia Mart and then went and he went into the time thing or whatever. We will and- discuss that. <laughs> yeah, we will. Okay. There is one thing, and it's not a spoiler, but it kind of is. In episode 12, the loop is broken, and we'll find that out. Okay. Okay. Because it's really frustrating as of episode 11 being like, am I just watching a replay of what is going to happen no matter what? Because it's really frustrating that... It just seems like it's there's never ending. You know what I mean? Because usually yeah. by now you've seen that small things have changed. Yeah, the small thing changes in twelve, and it goes from there. Okay. okay. So there's hope. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> hope. There's hope. I'm dying because I really want to finish this drama, but I had to hold off because I don't want to like spoil this whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. But I do like to point out that I really do love how rich the the when they do the flashbacks. Or the mm-hmm. flash forwards, mm-hmm. how rich the quality is of the directing and how it does feel very desolate. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. done a really amazing job. And even when they were fleeing from the missiles and everything, yeah, that was really, really well done and high quality directing. It wasn't just cheap, you know, we're going to oh, imply yeah. it happened and not show anything. I've really been impressed with how well they've done that. So I was really happy that we got to go on the emotional journey with her and her family for it, because Mm -hmm. you keep talking about, oh, the world ends, this, that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was glad that they did take the time to show that and have us like feel it with her and see like the sacrifice that her mom made and everything that was because, you know, again, we didn't know like, well, why didn't her mom make it? Why wasn't she there and all of that? So it was very emotional, very well done. I really liked it. Oh, yeah, that the part with her mom, because we didn't know before then how she died. And yeah, to see that impact after having seen her reconnect with her mom at mm-hmm. the amusement park, it was just like, oh, and it just it hurt even more. But it was amazing. Agreed. OK, so the bad guys, do we like where they're going with Sigma as the bad guy? I would say up until episode 11, I think it was 11 because that's the last one. He was either at the end of 10 and the beginning 11 or whatever episode he gets caught in the cage and then mm. she finds him. 
I was kind of bit, a little bit like, I don't know this. I mean, he, we don't, we've never seen him before. It's the, who everybody keeps wondering who he is, who he is. And then he shows up and it's just some random person. Um, but them sitting down and talking and they're back and forth. The two actors, um, did a really good job with that scene. So I really liked, um, his personality, like the way that he, he's an interesting bad guy the more that you kind of see him interact with some of the character, the main characters, like as just this person sitting in a dark room or whatever, he was just kind of like obscure, I guess. But the more that you see him interact with them the more interesting, I think he becomes, he's just a good actor to begin with. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause he was, he was the bad guy. He was the big bad in goblin. Oh yes, he was. You're right. Yeah. Idea. He had like the whole black team tongue thing going yes, on yes he did yeah so he's yeah. he's good at it <laughs> he is he's very good at it and it's it's hard for me and again I know more so I'm gonna yeah. try to remember not to spoil <laughs> but yeah it's hard for me to watch him because I've already seen him be one creepy guy and really good creepy guy and now he's doing it again and so it's like layering it on top I'm like am I gonna ever be able to watch this actor in anything else because he's so good at being so creepy but yeah he's um I feel like he yeah, also I, plays random office workers sometimes too. So it's not <laughs> like he's, I know. he's versatile. He, yeah. But as a bad guy, um, I'll have to talk about this more in the next podcast. Let's put it that way. Okay. I did like how they showed how he came back from the future yeah. <laughs> into the past yeah. and how he made all his money. I mean, that was really fascinating. I do like that they broke off and did kind of his version. I'm really enjoying where they did that because it was kind of his version of what we got in the episode seven with her separated from um, Taesul. Mm -hmm. So I really liked how we got him as he comes back from the past or the future and then him making his money and setting it all up to destroy the world. Well, not the world. It's just the Korean Peninsula. Uh, they do happen to mention that, that it's not the whole world that's nuked, <laughs> yeah. just Korea. And for some reason, they're still desolate 20 years later, you know. Yeah. But um, they've been left on their own by the rest of the world, I guess. <laughs> which, which is kind of odd because I actually went and um, looked at like the Hiroshima pictures. To kind of judge if this was at all accurate, and mm. I will, I will suspend suspend my disbelief because it's a story, and I shouldn't be focused too much on that. Mm. <laughs> However, <laughs> I did like that we got that look into it, and it does seem that there is more to his bad guy, blah blah blah, where he has some connection to Taesul that we don't quite know right at this point. So I look forward to finding out what that is. On a whole, he's pretty even he's not a, a horrible bad guy but he's not a great good bad guy either and so i'm in the middle uh, i'll be interested to see what you say in the last episode after you've seen the whole thing all right so the lady psychologist eddie kim's former fiance used to date tay sul i cannot remember her name right now that's why she's the lady psychiatrist or psychologist <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah, the one that has no ethics because really she should maybe? not be treating be. treating Taesul. My husband would have something to say about mm. that because he's a counselor. So he's like ethics. Anyway, she is Kim So, so Kim So Jin. 
mm. is her character name. Anyway, um, was I surprised by her narrative arc? Yes and no. She was very good at kind of laying the foundation from the beginning that she was not to be trusted. And then to see why she does the things she does and why she trapped Taesul and tricked him. And then um, finds out that, you know, we find out later that she's Sister Agnes and has created all this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, she could be an evil villain on herself. She just kind of lacks a little oomph. And so instead she gets entrapped by evil villains. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, like, I... I find her her story arc interesting. I don't know if I find it. Like, I get why she's done everything that she's done. Like, she loves her mother and everything trapping him and playing along. And even all the psychology stuff that she's done, you know, has all been to save her mom and to have a relationship with her, you know, even though, you know, what she's suffering from. So, I mean, I, I get that part and... I feel like she has the potential, depending on what type of changes happen or the what type of thing with the loop that's broken, that she could be interesting if circumstances were different. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I find at the, after a certain point, her and Eddie Kim kind of became, I think, a little less important than they were at the beginning of the story. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just really annoyed that she's willing to kill off millions of people to make sure her mom, who is terminally ill herself, stays alive a little longer. So I think my sympathy is no, not at all existent for this character. She's just a horrible person and she deserves to be like, have a really horrible death. So (laughs) something slow and painful. So that's my thoughts because she's just a really horrible person. And on that note, <laughs> we find out that Sigma, Sister Agnes, and I wrote insert eye roll. So imagine I'm ri- rolling my eyes. <laughs> and the uploader thug from the Asia Mart are all the first ones that came through in the uploader from the future into the past. So each of them came with their own agenda. And it wasn't to change the future, it seems. Or if they did try to change the future, they found out they couldn't. We're not quite sure right at this point. Um, did this story arc work for us? I do like that we're getting more Asia Mark thug info. It's interesting because he's really wanting to keep it up, open the uploader because he wants his daughter and his wife to come through. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there's stories behind that. So... Again, I'm interested in his character. I'm not sure if it's because of the actor or just the character itself. But Sigma and Sister Agnes, it seems like they're so... Sister Agnes is really kind of evil. It seems like she's trying to do some good, but I just really don't like her. And Sigma seems to be all kinds of bat crap crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just don't know what I feel about this. And it looks like they did something really horrible to... Taysul's brother because he's a ghost in the ghost world which is all kind of crazy we're going to talk about that but I don't know I don't know what I feel I'm confused so much confusion (laughs) so I think this question and then like the one that you have listed after it all kind of come down to 
uh, we need to revisit it later when we, and when we've been given more information. And maybe that's the biggest thing about this section that we're talking about is this middle section almost kind of stood still for a little bit. Things did happen. Um, but, and we were given a little bit of answers. I did find it interesting to find out that they were the, some of the first that came back. I would love to know more about like, so if, so they're coming back after this has all happened before. So why did the war start to begin with? If the other guy never came back to create all of this situation. (laughs) So a lot of it comes back to like, what's his beef? And we know sister Agnes, the psychiatrist, she came back, I'm sure to atone for what she had done but then she didn't change anything. So I don't know. Like, I I think that a lot of it, the idea of not being able to change it or this, them teaming up to come back so that his, for me, it doesn't make sense for the one guy for Asia Mart to want to come back and then wait for his kids to come back just so they can all die in the war again. I, so again, it, there's a lot of things that we keep getting bit by bit that I think when we finally are able to talk about it at the end, hopefully fingers crossed, some of this stuff will make sense and it won't feel like we're spinning our wheels and have lots of, lots of questions. Yeah. This is one of those things. And again, I'm going to try to be careful not to spoil anything, but it was more, it was laying the foundation for why they came back and laying out their story threads. And I think we're going to get a lot more in this last third of the drama it will tie everything together so that we'll see it. But I'm also picking up, and I could be wrong, but I think only one person can really make changes in the future. So the rest of them may have come back to try to make changes, but I think only one person can. And I'm just, so that's my prediction, because again, I have not finished the drama. So we'll see if I'm right. Okay, so Sohei is caught by the bad guys and is injected with two of the three doses, which would make her become a ghost. Actually, I thought she got all three. She did because the um, the one oh, guy. Who's I didn't after, realize he got that last one. Yeah, the one he guy totally who did. wants to kill her shoved it into her leg, and that was the final. That's why she's going to die in two days. Yep. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry, it's it was a lot of episodes all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it was. All right. So Taysul goes into the ghost time world to save her, where we get much more of his backstory as well as discovering what happened to his brother. Did this make it all any sense? Did any of us actually enjoy the story arc? Okay, I did. Because (laughs) for me, it showed Taysul and his brother, and it showed just how hopeless they were and just how hard his brother had to work to save them because I really wanted to punch their uncle that swindled them out of their life insurance money because who does that to children? Yeah. Oh, made me so mad. And it made me appreciate his older brother more, just what he sacrificed in order to make sure that they could just live because he obviously had a promising career in front of him. He was a promising student, but he skipped college and went straight into a trade. So that way he could help Taysul be achieve his potential because Taysul, even though older brother was very, very smart, he could tell Taysul from the beginning was even smarter than he was. So he was willing to do what it took ta- ta- to do what it took to lift Taysul and let him achieve his dreams. And then, um, the fact that he was hiding in the ghost time world, he was, I'm trying to remember, where did the episode end? So he meets the brother where he's hiding yes. in that memory with the family. And then he gives him the shot. 
um, so that he can go back because he was stuck there without if he didn't get to see his brother. And so then right. he gets the shot. He wakes up. And that's kind of where Eleven ends is that he wakes up and they um, before he wakes up, you know, they kiss and then he wakes up and then they hug. And it's a very sweet hug that I really liked that we're probably going to talk about maybe later. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I came used to it. Oh, yes. You yes, can yes, talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny when one of us writes the uh outline and has a leaning towards how they feel about it in my defense i said you guys could go in and look at it (laughs) you did yes okay anyway circling back to it yes i liked the story arc i liked getting more of taysul and his brother and that history and just and then seeing Taysul's brother actually prepared and willing to sacrifice yet again for Taysul so that he could go back to the future or the present. Man, that's so hard to talk about, but I know <laughs> what I mean. To get him out of the ghost time world and back to where he needed to be. Right. So my feelings. It's not so much about the scenes we saw in the ghost world. I thought that was very well done where we saw the backstory for Tesul and how he grew up and his ambition and now how he has regrets now looking back on some of the stuff. I'm totally cool with that. I have an issue with this whole ghost time world (laughs) as a whole. (laughs) And the fact that he has two shots that he has to administer, but they're all in his head. So why would one of them be broken? That makes no sense. None. I'm not sure it's fully a ghost world because, like, they're not present. But I don't know. It's one of those time slip yeah, things. Yeah, but it's not like his body moved along with the shots that she gave him in his hand, and it it is just it's too confusing to make me really like go in and buy it. If that makes sense, it does. It I'll, feels I'll, very contrived to just get this information out. It's kind of feels like that point where they just want to spout a lot of detail in a short time. And they're like, okay, we're going to create an alternate time world and do it that way. And I felt like it was very much just to get all that information spouted out. And it doesn't always make very much sense in how they got there. If that makes sense. I will say one thing. Kind of, yeah. I, I see where you're going with it. I will say this, because remember when they came through the uploader, they could only have like one layer of clothes on them and they had that one suitcase. And yes. so I think that's how he was able to transport the shot is because it was on him because they had the minimal amount of whatever so that they could travel through time. Maybe. So I, yeah. So well, I, I think part of it is it doesn't feel like they're actual tangible people. It feels like they're just looking at memories And so I think that's where I have a problem is it doesn't feel like they're actually there part of the, the world that they're interacting with. Mm -hmm. It's just the memories of it, I guess is where I'm having issues with it. Cause it feels like they're not connected to where his mom and dad and the kids are playing on the beach. They're like observers. Although he did talk to the kids in the school at one point in time, but then like Mm -hmm. two minutes later, she's like, they can't see us. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm having problem with is I just didn't totally buy the concept of that world building. Okay. So I feel like like the information we got from it. Yes. I feel like if you buy 
the fact that they are uploaded and then downloaded into the past. So again, they're copies. What I want to know is where are their originals back in the future? But that's a that's a, another another podcast next time. Anyway, so if you <laughs> feel like they can be uploaded and downloaded, then I feel like that concept of them being uploaded back into the time stream and then kind of just like hovering jumping around among <laughs> the time stream and sometimes being seen. Cause there was another time where they were, cause it was the kids noticed him. And then there was one other time where she was, she knocked over a glass when she was with her mom. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like she, her vibration was there, but then she wasn't. So again, it, it takes a lot to, but again, the whole concept of being uploaded and then downloaded into the past and you're, you know, you're a copy. I can see kind of where, they were going. I feel like with this drama, I can really, as a writer, I can really see the excitement that was put into each concept and seam of like, oh my gosh, this will be so cool. But then seeing it kind of play out, there's just not a lot of continuity. Like there need, there needed to be an editor sitting on top going, no, no, <laughs> this doesn't make sense in the, in the whole or like of things. Where a book but, has a lot more detail and just some of it's lost in translation. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I could, I could see that yeah but I do want to point out like the the boy that they the actor that they have to play um the older brother Taysun mm-hmm. um he's really good I've like he like the scenes where he's with his little brother and he's like um I'm, I'll take care of you and all that kind of stuff like he's I'm trying to think I know he's been in several dramas recently where maybe he was the younger of somebody or something like that but he was definitely uh, caught my attention in those scenes. Yeah, I agree. It was he was very talented. So, mm-hmm. and uh, while we're talking about it, we finally get a kiss. Yay or nay? <laughs> I actually thought it was really well done. I feel like they connected. I felt like he was sacrificing for her and. Just truly, you could see the love he felt for her that had developed and her feelings for him over finding out that he was sacrificing himself for her. I just really liked that whole scene. And I thought the kiss was right on point with the emotion they were trying to portray. So I really enjoyed it. So we did not talk about the escape scene. And we can just skip over that because we don't want to be overly negative. But like where the the young guy had to pretend to be the CEO and then they got, oh, they escaped. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about some of the illogical things, um, that happened in that, um, food delivery in a secret, uh, secret level probably won't get people's attention. But anyway, from that, like when he rescues her and he's like holding her and then like, he puts himself in front of her a couple of times because he knows like that they won't shoot him because they need him. Cause the blueprint is only in his head. And, and now that the, the ghost world, we know that if the brother has it, then it's with him somewhere in the ghost world. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that, the way that he was so overprotective and just like how much he cared for her all led up to like him sacrificing and then um, kissing her. And the, it was done really well. And I'm all for a really good kiss scene. But like when they both woke up, in the real world and the hug that they gave each other, like uh, the, that scene, 
I actually liked more. I don't know. There was just something about it, maybe because it was in the real world or maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, her relief to him being awake. But like, I I loved both of them, but I really loved the hug scene too. Well, I think they were both totally on point for the character's relationship. And yeah. it, it they've really developed the OTP's relationship really well. It was definitely a slow burn that just kind of snuck in on you. Yeah. And I really enjoyed how they've done that. I think that's probably one of the best things about the show. Agreed. And I love too how it's kind of, it's been interesting because like he's been in her bubble a lot. Like he's always, he's got a hand on her shoulder or on her back. He's just, he's really comfortable with her. And it was fine. It was nice to finally see her relax and be comfortable with him as well. Just kind of, she's finally meeting him where he is. Agreed. So what was our favorite scene of these last few episodes? The one that we just talked about, because waking up and hugging and stuff, like, I, I don't know. I just really liked that one. But I really liked her from above helping him escape. The con, like mm-hmm. the the feelings that you got from that both of them, like her helping him, making sure he was okay, that protectiveness, and just seeing it from above and picking people off and stuff, I really liked that. And I do think as the show has progressed, I, the beginning scene, I think in 12, she's also carrying it. There's just, as the show's progressed, you can tell that she's gotten more comfortable and more efficient with her gun scenes. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure she worked on it before it started, but the first couple episodes, there was definitely some positions of how you hold the, the gun and all that kind of stuff were a little bit like iffy, but she's gained some confidence and, and looks, uh, very convincing. And probably my favorite of her shooting gun scene was her from above kind of taking care of what she needed to take care of when she was a sniper. She was. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. I like her best as a sniper and not that I'm in any place to judge anyone's gun handling right. skills because <laughs> yeah. the closest I've gotten is an air rifle. Right, right. <laughs> so, but it drives me nuts when she's holding a handgun and she bends her elbow because, honey, that recoil is going to take you right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but let's see. My favorite scene from the last few episodes, um, I think it's actually the mom making the sacrifice. That just that touched my heart mm. so much. Because she knew it was coming and she chose it. And that's that's one of those things when a character chooses to sacrifice themselves for the greater good that always gets to me. That was that was definitely one of my favorite scenes. I think my favorite was also... Or Drama Geeks, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I also really liked the part where uh, Taesul comes and breaks her out of the prison. That was just a really cool scene where he's opening up all of the different, uh, the different, what do you call them? Prison he's got, Yeah, he's cells. got his phone and he's just like pushing yes, buttons and, and everything. He's going like and doing his and, thing. Yeah. And he electrocutes some of the bad guys and he's really just very competent there. Yeah. And I also like when the Asia Mart guys came out and then they just started shooting everyone because they were very competent at what they did. And so I thought... <laughs> That was a very confident scene all the way around, except for the bad guys. So, <laughs> Okay, and when she looks up when the sprinklers go on and she's like, he's here. Yeah, yeah. I thought the whole thing, or when he put his hoodie on and then pushed the button, I um, thought that was a really well done scene. You know, I they're, whenever they're saving each other seems to always be really well done. So mm-hmm. I can forgive them for making it happen a whole lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the story and the way that it's set up, like 
they have to be rescuing each other all the time from these people, you know, it's just back and forth. And, and they're so well done. I'm okay with it. Like, I think with, if the action scenes weren't so well done, I'd be like, Oh, again, but they're, each one is unique and different and I'm enjoying them. So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, honestly, with all that saving, they've got three opposing forces against them. They've got Sigma, they've got the control bureau, they have Asia Mart, who's sometimes on their side and most of the time not. And a psychopsychiatrist. So. Right. Yeah. So. Wherever she lands and all of that. So, yeah, they, they have a lot against them. I, I Yeah, the saving, I, I'm all for it because <laughs> it was bound to happen. All right. So are we still enjoying this drama? Why or why not? I am. I am totally in. I'm dying to get to the end of it because I want to see how it all plays out. And I'm loving their chemistry. And I think I'm hoping that everything is explained well enough that I'm satisfied. Whether or not every last I is dotted or T is crossed, I don't care. I just, I want to be satisfied with what I get out of the story. But yes, I'm still enjoying it. And I think I'm actually really enjoying it as well. I do think that maybe it would have been a tighter story if they had cut down the episode count a little, but it's good. I think for me, the biggest thing was listening to (laughs) K-Muse and (laughs) saving the episodes to binge right before. I don't generally do that, but she wanted to make sure she remembered everything. And I was like, oh yeah, that's probably a good idea with all the stuff that's going on. It was a lot of episodes. (laughs) It was way too many episodes to to binge all in, because I think I've watched all of them within this week. Um, yeah, we watched them all within like two days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just way, way too much. And right now my schedule has changed a little bit where I just don't hardly have any time. My poor sword and brocade, like I've got like six episodes left and I want to finish that one so bad, but I've had to ignore it. And, you know, so I, I kind of, I think watching so many in a row made it not as enjoyable. Whereas if I would have watched it as it was airing, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit. Cause again, I can totally see the writer's intent and I enjoy most of the scenes that are, that I'm watching and everything. It, it's just how many times I have to like go, okay, I just need to turn my brain off. Not as much as Kami's is having to turn her brain off with mouse. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I've been you don't secretly even know. watching listening. I need some of you <laughs> listeners to go watch that drama so I have someone to discuss it with. <laughs> like I will seriously discuss this for oh my word. It is insane. Insane. <laughs> like I don't I've never watched a drama uh, like this. I'm, I'm just saying that. And that says something. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's true. I've never watched a drama with this kind of plot jumps. Yeah. So go watch that and text me. Like, I will literally talk to you about it at like midnight. (laughs) Anytime. So anybody who wants to tweet. Anytime, anywhere. Facebook or yeah. So uh, again, I, I, I feel like the rest of the show, I know that I have what, seven episodes to watch before we record again. So that's four weeks. So I can't watch two per, I can watch pretty much two per week and kind of get that feel of just watching it as it airs and not binge it. And I think for the last half, although we're going to have to avoid spoilers for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Oh, do we only have, yeah. Cause we've got what 12 through. Yeah. So we don't have that many. So I can can space it out. I can space it out. And I feel like, 
I said it in the last podcast, they are, they saved so much information toward the end. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of information. Although some things that we've watched before where I'm like, they're just saving all the answers for the end. And then we get to the end and I'm like, none of the answers came. So hopefully (laughs) it's not like that. But, um, so I think the, the, you know, I'm still enjoying it. I really love whether the care, like some of the action scenes or some of the, the logic might not make sense, but I have thoroughly enjoyed Park Chanae in this and I've really liked them teamed up together and I've liked a lot. I really almost wished we could have gotten more of the future scenes with her dad because I've enjoyed that a lot. So there's a lot to enjoy about the drama and then there's a lot to be like, okay, it's just kind of crazy and we got to go around along for the ride. So yeah, I agree. Discussing it out, even with all the crazy stuff, I'm still glad I'm watching. Yeah. And that's not always the case. So it's definitely worth watching. That's good to hear because sometimes I wonder because sometimes I wonder if you all are just forcing yourself to finish because we're doing a podcast with some no, of the notes I'd that I get during the week. No, I'd still be watching this. I might like be like one a week just filling it in, but I'd still finish this one. Okay. It's not my this favorite. Week, I did feel but. like I was forcing myself. My, <laughs> my, my, well, you were. My youngest <laughs> is like, so does it feel like work, mom? Or do you, are you are you feeling like you're just making yourself work? And I'm like, this week it does feel like work because I've just shoved too many in into one week. <laughs> well, and I but. think it's not as hard with like rom coms, but with all of the density of the world building, it felt like a lot more. Yeah. Like, if it was just, like, a fluffy rom-com, I could blast out six episodes easy. But it definitely felt like, oh, wow, that's a lot of information dump right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the only way to binge it and truly enjoy it, and again, I'll say this after the end of the drama, is just knowing what happens that we can go back and pick out and be like, okay, this, kind of like with the King Eternal Monarch, since that had a lot to do with parallel worlds and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... If you binge it, binge it on a rewatch, not on the initial watch. That's that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yep. And on that note, thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are about this episode. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, or through our Patreon page. And the links, as always, will be in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 